0: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, it's the lateral lateral show. show. Fasten your your seatbelts, because here we go. and we are back at it again with the division series kind of a little bit of a look back to 2021 and a look ahead to 2022 we got the nfc south today and with me i am joined by two esteemed guests in the fantasy football industry first you know him for his dfs content so many different places his name is jordan vannick hello
1: How are you doing, Ernst? I love the intro. I mean, you you said great 2021 season, but uh, I'm glad that it's over for us. I I, I didn't enjoy it
0: too much. It wasn't fun for me. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a feeling that's going to be a recurring theme throughout (laughs) this entire episode for everybody. But in addition to you, we have the homie Cal from DLF. What is up, my dude?
2: What's up, guys? I'm so excited about this. I've been looking forward to it ever since you mentioned it, Herms. Not only to get a chance to get back on the mic with you, which has been way too long, but as Jordan mentioned as I came in here, the only thing we've ever done is previews where you talk <laughs> Panthers, I talk Saints. We gotta get together and do some more stuff and collaborate. It's always fun. Uh, you know, sometimes it just feels like we're we're thick as thieves around here. Yeah, <laughs> hey, oh,
0: I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Oh man, so much fun, so much fun. <laughs> But we're going to have to bring the mood down immediately because, like I said, we're talking about the <laughs> NFC South. So, basically, if you missed the previous episode, this whole thing is kind of broken down into three questions it's what went well for each team, what went poorly. There's going to be a lot of that in this episode for each team. And then we're going to look ahead. So, what kind of needs to change, what things we're kind of most curious about, whatever. The third part's kind of the most open ended because that's the point. We're going to look back and then we're going to look ahead. Simple as that. Cool. All right, everybody, here we go. The New Orleans Saints, we send it down to you because, I mean, Cal, this is your neck of the woods. This is your fandom. Uh, what went well for the New Orleans Saints in the year of our Lord 2021?
2: The DST was really good. That was uh, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the highlight for the Saints. Like, it was a really good defense <laughs> and got Dennis Allen a head coaching job. Um, and maybe my favorite thing is they sh- Taysom Hill beat Tom Brady. And yeah, (laughs) maybe that was the best thing, you know, for me. So, but honestly, the only thing, like when I look through this, just, I guess, to try to give you a halfway serious answer, the thing that went well, maybe the most was the seven games of Jameis Winston, where he was actually, you know, fairly productive, at least from a touchdown standpoint, only 180 yards passing a game. But uh, considering the fact that they had almost nobody to throw to, and you know, outside of Alvin Kamara, not sure another startable player as a skill position player for any other franchise. Ooh, boy, uh, That was at least respectable for what he, what he did with Sean Payton.
0: Yeah, man. And you know, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that the whole Marquez Callaway thing never took off because I was so excited. He was like, I think like my second to last pick, in Scott Fishbowl. And I felt so fucking smart for like three weeks. And, then, <laughs> and then it just, it never came to fruition. And no. just, oh my gosh. But I mean, oh, oh man. So, I mean, you mentioned Jameis Winston. He did fairly well. You know, tearing a ligament in the knee, that doesn't typically go well for you. It also makes it hard for you to play football. So, you know, oh. having to hand it back over to Taysom Hill again. Uh, I mean, not to skip too far ahead, but just... Do you want Taysom Hill to be the quarterback of your Saints going forward? Yes
2: or no? <laughs> so I know I became like the Taysom Hill guy, like Taysom Hill's the best quarterback ever. And of course, my that is not exactly what my take was. My take was always that Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. And so the answer to do I want him to be the quarterback? I was always curious about the experiment because mm-hmm. of how good Sean Payton thought he was. He compared him to Steve Young and all that. And from a fantasy perspective, I thought hey, this guy scores fantasy points when he plays. And so, like, he was free last year. Now, he actually, he, he spent almost all season hurt. Really bad concussions. And then, like, something in his foot that was really bad. And then, like, broke his finger on a helmet. Like, two throws <sighs> into his first opportunity to start or whatever he did. Like, the thing that knocked Russell Wilson out. And uh, didn't miss a start. Tough as nails. But, no, I mean, like, he, whoever the qu- quarterback is a big question mark. Like you said not not um wanting to skip too far ahead but that is a giant question mark and i don't think he's on the roster right now
0: oh jeez! oh gosh so oh, so much so much going on uh jordan from a rivals fan perspective uh do you have anything you want to say about the new orleans saints season i
1: mean no you defensively and that offensive line those two things are just absolutely killer when they're fully healthy like You're one of the only teams in the NFL that truly play man-to-man at such a high rate, and like watching you guys defend other teams, it's like when Marshawn Lattimore is covering the number one and just locking him down, it's really, really hard. Like everybody was so shocked. I was shocked because I had to write that Saints Tampa Bay Sunday night game that you beat them nine to zero, and I just remember watching and I'm like, well, they just they can't get open, and then Brady set up Chris Godwin to death, and Mm -hmm. bingo, bingo. I'm like, wow, this team is going to be one of those teams that sneaks into the playoffs and you just, just missed out on that one. Mm-hmm. That freaking Rams comeback. You could have knocked out the 49ers, which would have been
0: ridiculous.
2: <laughs> it was close.
0: Ah, oh, Yes, so close, yet still so far. So far which,
2: away.
0: <laughs> unless you have anything else to say that went well, kind of perfectly transitions into what went poorly. So I think I think this will be a slightly longer part <laughs> to answer. So floor is yours once again.
2: Well, from the jump, Michael Thomas not ever playing a down this season oh. was the way the worst thing that happened, right? Like you don't have that player on the field who don't forget, at one point not that long ago, was considered the best wide receiver in the league. And certainly the way he runs routes in Sean Payton's offense, uh, you know, just all those things, he's gone. And so, like now, little Jordan Humphrey is running routes. Um you know, uh, one more bright spot. DeAndre Harris was actually a pretty good late yeah, guy to go yeah. get. You know, on your uh, dynasty squad, by the way. But, um, you know, little and then Jawan Johnson is, you know, scores a couple touchdowns, but isn't doing very much. Adam Troutman, you know, everybody's <laughs> favorite sleeper. Sleeper of the I'd, year, yeah, that worked out. <laughs> he had 150 yards coming into last season. I never Ooh. thought that was. I I never got the hype on that, but spent a lot of time blocking, and you know, he's going to get hyped up again, and that. People are going to be disappointed again, <laughs> but yeah, it's just about everything that could go wrong. Did there was so many, so many changes on the offensive line injuries, all kinds of things that happened there. And the fact that they cobbled together, what they did is kind of impressive, but in retrospect, you almost want to give Drew Brees some um, retroactive MVPs for what he did
0: with this team prior to this. <laughs> oh gosh, man, dude. It, yeah. it's it's interesting to me like things got so bad i remember at least i heard the saints at one point or other contacted both drew Brees and philip rivers and they were both (laughs) like ah, mm, mm, oh i'm good (laughs) (laughs) i I was looking uh, at the other day and i'm not gonna
2: remember it right off the bat kenny stills statistically was one of the worst wide receivers in the history of the nfl i i can't confirm or deny if that was like actually oh true but in my mind it's true like he he ran a ran a bunch of routes didn't get very many targets and the ones that he did he didn't catch like it was like just had to be historically terrible catch percentage like it was, i think it was like 24 percent or something oh, like god. Oh, ridiculous god like that yes he was awful and and, and he was maybe one, uh, one of the guys that ran a bunch of routes for them. So that just tells you how bad things got for the New Orleans Saints. Good thing the defense was good.
0: So in summary, basically, the New Orleans Saints in that situation, for the most part, has kind of just been like a... <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so which kind of leads me to uh, something else that I would like to ask you about because, again, you're probably you know following it closer than I am, but, you know, We've only recorded a couple episodes since, you know, we took our break in January, so a lot of the coaching changes and also player news hasn't really trickled in. I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, Out there in Las Vegas, uh, Alvin Kamara arrested after the Pro Bowl for what is evidently a pretty brutal assault. So, uh, how's that going? Uh, Oh, God.
2: (laughs) look, after a season where everything went wrong, like, it just is continuing, right? And I think, like, can we petition the NFL to just keep all NFL players out of Las Vegas? Like, <laughs> I don't think, I think if it's like they took the whole, like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas thing way too far with this one. Like, we Ooh. need to have a symposium of some sort that r- explains to them why that's not the case. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, I, I think you were going into what what needs to change here, but, like, you know, it's everything, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. It could use literally every skill position player on the field.
0: Yeah. And uh, also, uh, well, uh, another thing, you lost Sean Payton. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. uh, n- another thing we have not mentioned in the uh, lateral lexicon yet. So that's, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. God. oh, geez. Uh- I mean, I guess kind of looking ahead, like I g- clean it up a little bit with the Alvin Kamara thing. I mean, like, obviously, like, none of us are lawyers, I don't think. But uh, suspension, maybe, is that, like, a thing that, like, are, are we maybe going to have to prepare for that for fantasy moving forward? Like, I don't know. What's your impression? My guess is six to eight games,
2: honestly. Like, and I know that's, you know, just that is a guess. Again, I'm not an attorney. I don't, but, like, some of the, some of the comments sound similar to the way Roger Goodell talked about Kareem Hunt. And so... Until I improve, it. otherwise, to me, it sounds like he's viewing it very similarly. And you know that will—I think that was eight games, wasn't it? And, Something like yeah. that, yeah. half the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Now, is that going to be the case? I have no idea. I'm literally just yeah. guessing. But um, you know, I would not be surprised. And you know, that's <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, Sean Payton's gone too. So like, I don't know. At this point, I, unless it was it happened today or late yesterday, I haven't seen that they named an offensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, I I have no idea. Dennis Allen's a good defensive coach.
0: Yeah. Right. We have the, yeah, you know, and last time he was a head coach with uh, the then Oakland Raiders. I remember it uh, happened. It so happened. there's that, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> so, but, I mean, so, I mean, you know, you're over there at DLF. You primarily deal in Dynasty. So just, I mean, not even just Alvin Kamara, but, I guess we could also kind of ask about Michael Thomas too, because I mean, like, I'm sure maybe there's something to <laughs> take away from that situation. I mean, how many of these guys are even gonna be there? I mean, like what I don't know. Like, how are you viewing any of these guys? Sell, buy, hold? I don't know. You're the you're the dynasty guy. Why don't you tell me?
2: To me, Alvin Kamara has been a sell for a year now, like and I know his production's one thing, but like his value is only going to go down. He's a, a 26, 27-year-old running back at this point. Like he's are you know, going into his 26-year-old season, I believe. If I um I'll go check and make sure I'm right about that. But you know, Michael Thomas has been the same way. I believe he's uh in twenty-nine, maybe going into his twenty-nine season. And he is right now on DLF's ADP. He is going as the wide receiver can't even find him because he's so well cool. there we go my uh wide receiver 33 so i guess it could be lower but he, he's going around guys like the brandon cooks and um you know just below like Allen robinson uh things like that and huh. so a lot of uncertainty around him and that kind of in that area i don't mind drafting him at that point on the chance that my crazy wild theory out of nowhere that he gets traded to the chargers happens which Ooh he could be traded there to play the Michael Thomas role in uh, Joe Lombardi's offense.
0: That could be kind of fun. That could be kind (laughs) of fun. I don't know. Uh, Jordan, you got any thoughts on these couple of guys, anything just in terms of like, what would you do with those players? If you're a dynasty manager, that well, has them yeah or...
1: no i mean alva camara again like it, it's just hard to sell at this point like mm-hmm. you ha- it, very league dependent i'm very adamant like yes the value of certain players you should be hired as standard reaching out and looking at the elf uh dynasty trade calculators and all the things they got over there super important when evaluating the offer that comes in but like it's i can't imagine many people really wanting to buy Alvin camara especially with what just happened be really hard to sell him at all and like losing sean payton kills his value even more because sean payton his ideology is get the best players the ball like mm-hmm. michael thomas would see 160 targets and Alvin kamara would get 80 and mm-hmm. then nobody else will get anything like ted Ginn you go deep we'll get to you sometimes but other than that we're not really trying to get the ball anywhere else but um with with the saints it's it's gonna be a really revamped team i'm really interested to see who they bring in the offensive coordinator side of the ball but like I'll be honest I've started to think about like ideology of coaching staffs and it's really tough to have a defensive head coach because yeah. what happens is you can't replace that offense when it goes. The the Bills have done it because they just promoted Ken Dorsey and they got Joe Brady, but other than that you see some of these teams really fall off because the defensive coordinator can't bring in like Dan Quinn with Atlanta. He lost Kyle Shanahan. The offense slowly materialized, and it was really, really hard to replace them. And Kyle Shanahan took away Mike McDaniel's now head coach, Matt Lafleur, yep. who's now head coach. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's really, really tough. So for their for their outlook, I, I think this is going to be a year for the Saints where it's ugly. I wouldn't be making moves for anything other than the future. I, I would just be strictly focused on that. Dennis Allen, I think, is kind of the okay. There's not many guys that want to come here right now. Let's free up some cap space. If he doesn't do well, we get the chance to fire him, bring it in an offensive guy and move forward.
0: And that kind of, you know, reminds me a little bit of uh something else that uh you know, Cal, you and I have in common. Uh both of our teams presumably looking for a quarterback. Me being the Steelers fan, you being a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know if this is the best year to be in that position, but is there any name NFL draft trade market, which with the salary cap situation in New Orleans probably isn't an option, or maybe the free agent route, does anything Hmm. inspire confidence? Is there somebody you kind of like, or I I don't know. (laughs) The floor is yours on that one.
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) Matt Corral, maybe as a project, but again, like, it depends on who is here as the office coordinator, right? Like, if we get somebody who You know, depending on what type of offense we want to run and how, you know, I guess it does seem like Dennis Allen wants the opportunity to like just give somebody that role and let them run with it and just like let the offense be there. So, you know, it's and you kind of starting with a blank slate. So they could bring in someone from literally almost any scheme and it could make some sense if you get the right guy. But like Matt Corral is not going to necessarily be the right fit for Anyone and if you've got a defense with aging players that you're gonna have to extend, by the way, just to get under the salary cap, then does that mean you need to go find a veteran? And then, like, do you find a way to try to like keep Jameis in house? Um, do you like I I don't know, like there's so many question marks, and the answer could be Andy Dalton or I mean maybe Marcus Mariota or it, literally any of those guys could potentially make some sense, especially if there's a relationship that is, that is coming from it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, so it, big uh, to be determined on that one, I suppose. Um, yeah. I guess just any sort of kind of like lasting thoughts, not final thoughts. Cause obviously we're recording this in the month of February. We have a long time before we actually figure <laughs> anything out. And then also something that I, you know, asked my guests from last time, just like, any sort of key players some sort of like ballpark early ranking of where you kind of value them just i i I don't know
2: (laughs) the only one i'm even kind of excited about is deontay harris and it's because of and i was like i don't have my notes on this right now but i'm working on something with deontay harris because if you look at things like his yards per target his average yards you know his um All of the advanced metrics love Deontay Harris. And if you, again, who's gonna be the quarterback? I don't know who's gonna be the office coordinator. I have no idea, but he's 24 years old and there's a lot to like in terms of like what his profile can do. He's, he's electric with the ball in his hands. And, and like I said, the underlying numbers really love him. So that's the only guy I'm kind of excited about. Everybody else is so meh on this team at best. And really, like most of them, I think if they got cut tomorrow, most of them wouldn't have a job in the NFL. And so I'm not interested in fantasy in anyone else. I mean, Alvin Kamara, obviously, but that is just a different whole different conversation at this point.
0: Oh, geez. So basically, it's a jumbled mess. We have no idea who the quarterback's going to be, and there's really not a ton of confidence to have at all. Correct which reminds me a ton of the Carolina Panthers. Jordan, why don't we go ahead and turn it over to you for what went well for the Carolina Panthers in 2021?
1: I'm just, it mirrors the Saints in a sense of our defense was good. JC Horn looked really good. The people who were yelling at me because we passed on Justin Fields, that that hurt, but JC Horn was unbelievable the first three weeks that i got to see him he's actually just posted a video of him working out and coverage and stuff i'm like all right that's cool he's he's gonna be good um dj moore on the offensive side of the ball chris mccaffrey looked good until you know good old getting hurt because we have to give him 37 touches a game to be competitive at this point which is just a problem in itself cam newton was back for a week yeah that was that was cool i was <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> But no, and in, in, in reality yeah. is is like the, the bright spot with the Carolina Panthers was the youth on defense, the move the strides they made, and then DJ Moore, third straight season over eleven hundred yards. He's been yeah, Maryland proud over that. Yeah! <laughs> he he was a stud even though he's basically gotten the Allen Robinson quarterback play. Um I hope we find one of those, but Sam Darnold was cool for the first three weeks and then and then uh we fired joe brady that was so that's cool <laughs> that <Yeah>. was... <laughs> we, we fired him after basically it felt like our owner was like hey why are we winning and that rule's like uh uh that guy i didn't hire that guy <laughs> that guy's the reason so that uh that one wasn't very fun and it's like we need to run the ball more and like i, I went to the dolphins panthers game where i think joe brady got fired after it um the Dolphins played their cover one with eight people in the box and Joe Brady was trying to get Cam Newton to throw slants or just anything down the field. It was the most Javon Holland tweeted a picture at Cam Newton and said, thank you because of the interception he had, because Cam Newton threw such a (laughs) poor ball. It was horrible. I I'm not thrilled with a lot of things this season, but DJ was cool, McCaffrey was cool. Um, I didn't see Terrace Marshall much. Well, he was running, but I didn't didn't see too much production out of him. Our defense was a bright spot. There's a lot of good things from that defense.
0: Yeah, and, you know... Who is that cornerback they traded for from uh Jacksonville? I can't. Oh, uh, CJ Henderson. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, honestly, one of the really intriguing things to me about the Panthers is the fact that, you know, between Henderson, Horn, also having Jeremy Chin at safety. And, like, I've also seen, like, you know, kind of like, you know, a few people mocking the potential of Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Potentially like, a super secondary. Man, that would be fun because holy <laughs> shit. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> But either way, I mean, even if they don't go that route, like, dude, like, I'm very, very encouraged by what's going on with that defense. And I think we even saw that, you know, toward the latter half of the 2020 season, you know, like things have been trending in that direction. But yeah, I mean, the offense has been a little wonky and, you know, you kind of named two players that are uh, one probably more so than the other, but either way, kind of like, you know, part of a lot of discussions in the fantasy space. And, uh, you know, again, to throw it back down to Cal from the, uh, from the DLF perspective, what's the feel in terms of uh, DJ Moore, but also Christian McCaffrey, kind of a little bit of a fun discussion in the community. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on a couple of those guys?
2: So I guess I'll start with DJ Moore and I'll throw out, look, I'm just, I've thrown out some crazy theories. Like why stop now? Um, <laughs> another one of my crazy theories this off season is that the Panthers are 100% going to add a splash quarterback this offseason no doubt the management team is aggressive they've made comments in the past and they tried the cheaper routes the Teddy Bridgewater's they they the trade-in for Sam Darnold and you know go, go get Cam Newton they are going big and if I fully believe if sometime before free agency really takes off if Deshaun Watson somehow gets like the blessing from the front office of the NFL Goodell, they will make that trade and Deshaun Watson will be the next quarterback of the Panthers. I nobody knows if the legal thing's gonna, gonna clear up. Yeah. I think that's what they want to happen. Now, could they go get Aaron Rodgers? Could they go get Russell Wilson? I think it's one of those three is gonna be the quarterback of the Panthers. And to me, <laughs> DJ Moore is like one of the absolute best buys right now. People are down on him, they're frustrated, I guess, but he's still so young. He's somebody you can go get and like. Just he's going to appreciate and value. And I like if we do end up with him. Think about like what Will Fuller did with Deshaun Watson, ah, yeah. and now put it that as DJ Moore. Yeah, and that is fireworks. That would be so much fun. That's that's what I'm
0: rooting for. That could be that could be a ton of fun. But uh, gosh. Man, actually, I don't know. It, before we even go to the McCaffrey thing, you threw out some names. Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about some of those quarterbacks? I mean, like, I, I I'm, I'm sure you have a pretty strong stance about what you'd like to happen at that specific uh, position specifically. So, any of those names intrigue you? Or?
1: Oh, of I mean, okay. So the reality is, is that like, I would love to have any of them. I think Russell Wilson is probably the most likely of the three, yeah. just because Fritter comes over from Seattle. I don't think we're necessarily mm-hmm. going to be able to sell Russell Wilson right away, but we offered a first round pick for Matt Stafford last year. Mm-hmm. We were very in on Matt Stafford. We got topped by the Rams who offered two. And I mean, I'll be honest. I'm afraid of that move because of the fact that Matt rule with this regime hasn't been able to really help in any sort of way with the offense line. And mm-hmm. we don't exactly have any tight ends. Like, we have Tommy Tremble, who's a cool guy. That, like yeah. he's he's fun to watch, but like he's not a tight end. He's not a guy that's dependable. Like we have McCaffrey, which is fantastic, and DJ Moore was really great. But like we extended Robbie Anderson before the year, and then Robbie Anderson went out there and had a fifty percent catch rate and was awful. I've not seen him play like that in his entire NFL career because mm-hmm. the lowest yards of his career just absolutely awful. But it's just. It's tough to sell the future on a team that's not built to win now. Like I would love to get those guys because I think if we get one of them, we immediately are the best team in the division. <laughs> like all you need, all you need is quarterback and boom, you're looking at Kyle Trask, Matt Ryan, and who knows? Say you something, I guess. So I don't know. No idea. But like if you get quarterback, we'll be good. I I don't want to do that move because I personally am out on Matt Rule as a head coach for our team.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. Oh man, it one of the more interesting things, I remember there was that interview uh that he gave, you know, kind of like asking like, you know, kind of how things went wrong and like, wasn't it kind of like low-key just like throwing Darnold under the bus or something? Like, I don't know, like what a guy, what a guy. <laughs> but <laughs> oh uh, mm, uh, great. But you know, it, it it happens, you know, like not every college coach makes the successful transition. I mean, like there are some success stories, but you know, more often than not, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I don't know. We, the Christian McCaffrey size elephant in the room is something that's just like very, very frustrating. Cause like for me, like the lateral at the lateral FF on Twitter, please give us a follow and leave a five-star review. Um, Like we are primarily redraft focused, (laughs) but you know, we also play dynasty. We also talk about dynasty. And I think in both redraft and dynasty, it's very confusing what to do with Christian McCaffrey. So at least from my perspective, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So that's why I'm asking the question. Does anybody? I'll, I'll start with either of you, just general thoughts, because I've seen people being like, ah, oh, well, he's still bonafide 101, or like, ah, oh, I'm completely staying away. So just any thoughts, anything, anybody, please. You oh, can't you? take
2: Christian McCaffrey 101 in Dynasty. And I don't know that I'm, I'm not, he's not the kind of player that I'm investing in in Dynasty. Like, I love him. Like, I think he was on track. Like, if he doesn't get hurt the last two years to be the greatest fantasy football running back in history, and that's saying a lot, like, because I saw you know, Lydian Tomlinson, and Priest Holmes, like, I lived through all of that, but he was on track for every bit of that. Um, in redraft, I think it's easy, I think he's, I think you can take him second. I, I don't think there is, um, now I'm a zero RB guy, like, in redraft, so like, I <laughs> I am not or you know do the opposite or you know upside down drafting whatever name you okay. prefer for that but I I think he's the second running back and if he plays 15 games he'll be potentially the number one scoring running back it's just a matter of what's the percentage chance that that happens at this point in his career with the history we've got now but when he's on the field you are putting him in your lineup and when he's not like you can put somebody else in it's not like it's not like there's a question mark. Like, if he's playing, you put him in your lineup. He's not like you, you he makes the decisions easy. And, like Jordan said, you got to give him the ball 35 times a game. So,
1: oh, yeah. Now, I'm for Christian McCaffrey and in redraft, like, you, you just take him at number one, number two. Like, I don't, like, look, Jonathan Taylor is phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor probably had one of his top seasons that he's ever going to have this past year. I don't think there's much of a, Dramatic improvement. I think he's going to be more consistent in that regard. But if you take away McCaffrey's touchdowns last year, he still averages more points than Jonathan Taylor averaged. Oh, game. I love that stat, Jordan. Like, Woo-hoo! they, awesome. McCaffrey caught 102 passes. I believe it's true. I'm <laughs> but, not, and I'm going to, it, was, it now I, on now I, one. I saw it from uh, Josh Larkey uh, under, uh, oh, he was it, talking about it. Yeah. yeah. No, it was so it was something of that regard. I'm like, oof that's uh that's a stat that uh you know I was yeah. shocked to see but like I believe it because McCaffrey caught a 100, sorry 116 passes mistaken he had 142 targets in 2019 <laughs> like, like McCaffrey's a different type of dude where if he's on the field like he's getting the ball so much and like yeah I think the route for the Panthers to make his health better is to give him less carries which guess what? that doesn't matter for fantasy when you play in PPR leagues, if the man's still getting a hundred plus targets, it's ridiculous. Like I watched Evo Samuel play football and I want him to be used like that. I want Mm -hmm. McCaffrey in the Camaro role that we've seen so much from New Orleans, where yes, Mm -hmm. he doesn't give you 27 touches, but the man is getting you so much production from the passing game that it just doesn't even matter. And then you just utilize him in the red zone because McCaffrey can get there in the goal line. It's, it's really tough for me to sell like away from McCaffrey, and in dynasty leagues and startups, I've been seeing him going in the second round, and I'm like, guys, like if he, because he's a running back that is going to have long-term value because he's never going to be a bad receiver. Like mm-hmm. McCaffrey can convert strictly to a slot receiver, and it wouldn't surprise me if he played the extra year or two. Like Darren Sproles was a valuable running back till he's like 35. Like, like, yeah. Ares is a guy that kept, he wasn't, like, extreme value. He wasn't giving you RB1 numbers, but, like, you could throw him in there as an RB2 in a certain week, mm-hmm. especially with your Saints over there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love McCaffrey's value because, and Dynasty, especially for trading for him, if you can mm-hmm. get him at the correct price, if someone wants, like, J.K. Dobbins in a early second and if whatever wants to take that for McCaffrey, I'll take McCaffrey and I'll take the chances on his health. If he's healthy, he outscores J.K. Dobbins by 100-plus points in most
0: yeah. years. <laughs> i take the trade, too, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned that because in my home dynasty league, I did move on from Christian McCaffrey for J.K. Dobbins, but I also got two firsts. So great yeah, the trade. Did that's that's I do good. well? Did I do good? <laughs> yes, I did well. Is there a
1: 2023 first in there?
0: I managed to pull that off. Yes. Yes. That's scary. I love oh, it. Yeah. So <laughs> hell yeah. So, you know, so, uh, probably, probably, probably. the only reason yeah. I haven't mentioned it is just because you brought up like a very, like nearly identical scenario. I was like, I have to tell, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, and you know, just the point about his receiving acumen is something that, you know, like I'm, I've really tried to hammer home the listeners <laughs> of this podcast forever. Cause it's just like, the archetype of running back that I have always been enamored with and have always targeted in every draft I've ever done of any kind is the pass catching. Because even just like from a fantasy scoring perspective, what you can do with a single target and a single rushing attempt, like whatever the, I think the math averages out to something and like a target's like three times as valuable. So it's just like, if you have a dude that's just like, Hey, he's really good at catching passes. And the scoring format is, Hey, we give you a point every time you catch a pass. Yeah. Yeah, because even if they don't go anywhere with the ball, if it's zero fucking yards, that's a point. So it's like, <laughs> I just, oh my God. Yeah, in, at least as far as the redraft thing goes, I am still kind of working on that. I think I, I see the case for JT, and then there's part of the Homer in me that just wants to say take Najee second. But I freely admit that's the Homer in me. It's the Homer in me. I'm not sure where I've decided, I have to, I have months that's to figure hard. out where I land on this but I don't know (laughs) good discussion all around about CMC and also because he's a big part of the looking forward and we kind of did that a little bit so I mean just Jordan anything in particular like things you think the team might address what you're particularly curious about and then just some of those guys where's your general vibe on them as we look forward in the calendar so I'm
1: really interested to see what Fritter does in the draft um we have the sixth pick we're going to have the chance at probably Kenny Pickett or Malik Wills if we I mean, I think the top five is going to stay near there because I think these defensive prospects are going to be like, wait, we're not going to move back for a quarterback because we want Kyle Hamilton. Like, we want like these. I want Kyle Hamilton or an offensive tackle, personally. I don't want the quarterback nonsense. I don't want to trade the pick. I think Kyle Hamilton is the best safety prospect we've seen since Sean Taylor, in my eyes. Oh, and that's a, oh, it's a R. little bit a RIP. But oh. like, the dude's like 6'2, 6'3, 220. His range is ridiculous. He makes some really, really nice plays in the ball. And if we could add him to the secondary, that'd be really cool. Um offense line, because I think that if I'm Fritterer and I'm looking at this, it's like we're bad again. <laughs> like I personally don't want to go make what Cal wants where <laughs> we get a good quarterback because I don't want Matt Rule to be the future head coach. Mm. I'm looking at this, and if we can somehow I mean, I wouldn't even be upset if we traded McCaffrey. Um, just because I'm tired of seeing him get 30 touches a game and die every year. It's really really nice to see him get utilized the right way for a team. Um, I would love to prepare for the future and like I am at the point where I don't want that rule this man brought in Bob McAdoo and said this oh, is our superstar. Oh. We we were quote looking for a rock star OC and we brought in Bob McAdoo so get ready for slants and three <laughs> it's, it's so but overall like I, I just I don't I don't want Matt rule in this regime to be here next year. So I'm hoping we go BPA with Kyle Hamilton or a tackle. Cause the next coach will use that guy. I <laughs> don't want the quarterback here. Cause that just makes everything <laughs> messy and move on from Matt rule to go get and hopefully get a top three pick in the draft. So we can get Bryce young.
0: That's oh, a, dude, that, the Homer in me with the Alabama hat in the back. That's I mean, a, Hey, fuck, <laughs> dude, that, that would be, that'd be pretty fucking gnarly. And you know, just like, just an, another like final thing on Kyle Hamilton. I tweeted about it a while ago. I'm pretty sure, just like pound for pound, probably the like my, my favorite player in the draft may in fact be the best player in the draft. My take, my take. If it's a hot take, I don't give a shit. It's my show. Damn it. I can say anything. I can say anything. So, yeah, I mean, where are you kind of ballpark ranking the key players? How are you feeling about McCaffrey, DJ Moore? Like, if there's anybody else that's even worth mentioning,
1: um, on this team, I mean, Terrace Marshall's a really good by-low, in my opinion. I know he didn't do too much. He just ran around out there. He was just nothing. nothing no sort of, scent of add nope. addition to the football field. But I think if you're able to get him for something really cheap, like why not? Like in the case of Cal's perspective, if Russell Wilson pops on the team, yeah, he's going to be a lot more valuable than right now when Sam Darnold's on the team and he just did absolutely nothing all
2: year.
1: Hmm. <laughs> right. Oh boy.
2: Well, I'm an <laughs> LSU homer, and I think Terrace Marshall is a terrible by low. I, I, I don't want him on my team. I think he's, I loved him coming out in the draft process, but well, he didn't do <laughs> I, look, I'm not an, I'm not a, I, I like statistics. I'm not a hugely analytical, like fantasy football guy, but I know that if I were to plug in getting outplayed by Brandon Zilstra in your rookie season it would be bad like it probably doesn't correlate to good fantasy success in the future (laughs) i agree i agree to that point i think
1: that i mean he was also a little banged up during the year from like minor stuff working through that foot surgery again but Mm -hmm. again i just don't think Matt rule is very bright so that's that's the other
0: the other added thing into this (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. oh gosh so much fun so much fun and just (laughs) keeping that ball rolling of things that are so much fun as everybody knows, of course, I'm a huge Atlanta Falcons fan, obviously, so my team that I get to talk about here is the Atlanta Falcons. Bird up, right? That's <laughs> I th- That might be a thing. I don't fucking yes. know. What went well for the Atlanta Falcons in 2021 is pretty much just a couple things, because like, honestly, the entire defense is in a full rebuild, because what Dan Quinn tried to put together really didn't work out, but... They got Kyle Pitts out of being horrible. And say what you will about his inability to score touchdowns in North America. Man had over a 1,000 receiving yards as a rookie tight end. That's pretty fucking good. That shit, like, honestly, looking forward, that's going to be – I'm going to save that because there's so much fascinating about him looking forward. But the other thing, Cordero Patterson. It took, what, a decade-ish for it to finally happen. But, hey, you know, finishing the year RB9 in PPR – at least according to fantasy data. I don't know if that incorporates week 18 or not, but you know, shit worked out really well, unless you made the playoffs and had to rely upon him. Like I did in my home league because, oh my God, dude, first round I had him and Alvin Kamara. And I think the two of them combined for, Fuck it, like nine some points it was horrible and you know Lightning. i remember i jokingly referred to Cordero patterson as uh kind of like the avatar where it's like when the world needed him most he vanished uh from week 15 to 17 i have it pulled up scrolly scrolly scroll <laughs> rb 49 in that span Cordero patterson Whoa. that kind of you know bad really bad and you know, because we talked about it a lot on, you know, this show in, you know, the summer, you know, the, you know, ahead of, you know, everybody doing their drafts. The one name that would constantly come up between me and the homie McLateral uh, at McLateral FF on Twitter, please give him a follow. No, we didn't want Mike Davis. We were like, fuck it. No, nope, not going to be worth it. He was kind of OK in Carolina, I guess. And then it's just like, well, I mean, sure, he'll have quote unquote opportunity, but not all opportunities created equal, especially when you're not a good running back. <laughs> but by the end of the year, Mike Davis cut into it. So it's like that whole thing was bonkers. And then, I don't know, ugh, God, ugh. there's plenty of negatives, but I, I'll, I'll throw it down to you first, Cal. Like anything encouraging from the Falcons season for you?
2: Well, I mean, I think you mentioned Cordell Patterson. I mean, somebody finally figured out how to use him. Unfortunately, it was in his age 30 season. You oh. rarely see an age 30 running back break out and his decline at the end shows, yeah, he was a 30-year-old converted running back and that doesn't usually go very well. He was never getting like a ton of snaps, like it, it was always like high usage which you love to see and he was doing good things with it. And like it was a definitely a bright spot. People were so frustrated with Kyle Pitts and it's so short-sighted and He's the number one tight end in dynasty for sure. I'm pretty sure I'm taking him number number one or number two off the board in on redraft two, because this is a guy at 21 years old. He's barely over 21 years old right now. He's been able to buy an alcoholic beverage for like three months. Okay. <laughs> and this guy had a thousand yards in the NFL last year and 110 targets. And the only reason we think he's even close to being a disappointment is because first of all the expectations were way too high but second oh, yeah. it's because he scored one touchdown and no one no one is immune to regression no one and especially there's not some reason why Kyle Pitts is like not good in the red zone Kyle Pitts was a monster at Florida he never he had, like, literally caught every target in the red zone when he was in Florida. It was it's unbelievable. So the fact that it didn't work out in the NFL just means like, look at what, okay, Belichick is smart, right? Smart defensive guy. What did he do? He double teamed Kyle Pitts. He was letting everybody else do whatever they wanted. He's like, I'm going to take away this 21-year-old rookie tight end. I mean, that, that level of respect and the way he talked about him, like, go look it up. Like, I've never talked about anything that favorably in my life. And he, like, loves, loved what he saw from Kyle Pitts. He was very good. I think I even saw, the like, at one point, like, midway through the season, I, don't, I, I need to go back and look at the stat to see what it in, ended up at. The Falcons were averaging something, like, something ridiculous, like, nine yards per play when he was on the field and, like, four yards when he wasn't. Or It was some ridiculous amount that he was adding to the offense when he was on the field. And he's going to be a monster. He's going to be a monster for a long time. And yes, I'm excited about him.
0: What say you, Jordan? What say you? So, this is just
1: an added stat into Kyle Pitts being just super great. There are 27 players in NFL history to have 1,000 yards in a rookie season. Kyle Pitts is a tight end and did it. And that includes receivers, running backs, every position. This draft class is the second draft class in NFL history to post three 1,000 yard years with Chase, Waddle, and Pitts. Hmm. Comparable to 2014 with Odell, Mike Evans, and Calvin Benjamin. The whole deer to my heart there. Oh. Should have converted to tight end a little bit earlier. Maybe it would still be here. <laughs> but regardless, so the Atlanta Falcons, Russell Gage came on towards the end of the year. The the offense, like an Arthur Smith offense, isn't receiver dependent. It's so like what they do with Calvin Ridley, which was on the disappointing side. But like that offense, I think, it's planning for the future where they saw, okay, we get him like a gadgety Cordero Patterson. And I'll be honest with you. Think about when Cordero Patterson broke out, which is like the first six weeks, the 49ers use Debo Samuel, the next like seven to eight weeks, Shanahan and Martha Smith are friends. These whole coaches rip all things from each other all the time. He created this. He's not started to create, there's been this position for a long time. Nobody's really committed to utilizing it. Arthur Smith in this offense, I think they're going to be targeting that type of dude. Whether they find it in the next few years is another story that's really hard to do. But the Atlanta Falcons have a lot of bright spots moving forward. Defensively, Richie Grant was didn't get too much love. But again, this Arthur P's defense, they didn't allow a single play over 40 yards. Hmm. That only team in the NFL that did that. I don't know how they did it, but they're just, you know, we're giving you 10 yards of play, buddy. You don't get you don't get more than ten. You're getting hurt. Sorry, more than getting the forty yard play. Kyle Pitts' touchdowns are just whatever. I'm not really concerned with that nonsense. The dude was treated as a wide receiver one, which is no tight end gets that. Nobody should get that. Their first. Jamar Chase was even looked at for most of this year as the wide receiver one. He still didn't even get it in the playoffs. Casey Hayward traveled with fucking T Higgins. They tried to use force. I don't even know the guy's name for sad or something. Desmond Trufant on Jamar Chase at one point which is just crazy to me. But anyways, sure. with the Falcons specifically, I think Foninant's going to build something great there because he came from a good spot of long-term building with the Saints. And I think they're probably going to be the favorite in our division when all things are said and done in this free agency.
2: Can I say one last thing? Sure. Just some Russell Gage love. From week 12 on, yeah. he
0: was the wide receiver 10. Yes. In fantasy, in PPR. Man, and you know, like, in that, dude... Not even just this past year, but even toward the end of 2020, he really started to ball out. I mean, like this is a couple years in a row where it's like he's had portions of really good seasons. So it's like there's certainly a lot trending in the right direction for him at the wide receiver spot. But that also transitions into what went poorly. And look, I've said it on the show before. I've said it on every show I've ever been on. I don't give a shit whether or not Calvin Ridley is on a football field or not, because as long as his mentals are, you know, being taken care of and he's getting himself correct, that is the only thing that matters. I've seen a lot of really whack takes over time about like, oh, quitting on the team and the blah, blah. It's like, nah, dude, fucking mental health is health, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. It's the same as if you, you know, broke your arm or did whatever. It's just like, there's some rehab time you got to put into it. You know what I mean? So like all the best to him. That's just such an obvious thing to me. Fuck everybody that says anything negative about the guy, but for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes, his future is a little bit up in the air. Cause I have heard rumors that there is a possibility they will look to move him so that he could possibly get a fresh start. So at least from my perspective, I'm not entirely sure where I put it on a scale of, you know, one to 10, but I would say there's probably like, maybe I'm like a six and a half, seven in terms of, I don't think he's going to play for the Falcons next year Wherever he ends up going, more power to him, and I hope this guy fucking thrives and kills it for the rest of the future. Is there any points honestly, to either of you, in discussing Calvin Ridley on the Falcons specifically? Because I'm not sure that there is. I don't think he stays there.
1: I mean, I, and one thing with Calvin, just I'll note, because, again, I grew up with a kid. like I literally know him personally. Like, this man was very old in high school football and he got, he played like four games. And in those four games, like he could have just looked at those four games and tried, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to go to Alabama, like deuces. Okay. The hmm. man stayed around the entire season, tried to fight it legally that like certain circumstances that he should be eligible to play. Wasn't able to, he was never someone to quit on his team. Something is truly upsetting him in whatever realm that is. Hopefully he gets it figured out. Um, I I don't think Calvin plays for the Falcons, and I think he gets moved to either New England, I think Miami for that late pick, bring him home. There's a lot of circumstances where it makes sense for the teams. I think even the Chiefs. um, The Chiefs will be the perfect fit to make them. They they saw what happens when they don't have that second receiver they can go to, and the Bengals went eight and deep, and only Tyreek Hill and Kelsey – were able to do anything. um, They're a team that I think should give up a late first for him. And for dynasty and other purposes, I think if you can get Calvin for anything less than a, or even a late first or any of that, I think you do it because I think he still has tremendous value. The moment he gets traded to a new team.
2: Yeah, I, amen to everything you said about the mental health part. Like I, that's the part I care about the most. I want to read a story in a few years about how he's thriving. That's what I, that's what I want the most out of anything else. Um, I, so from a redraft perspective, we're going to have a lot more information when we have to make that decision, right? Like we're not drafting redraft right now. Anyway, um, dynasty, I'm treating him like a retired player. I'm treating him like he's never playing football again. So if I have him on my, on my roster, I'm trading him. I'm trying to get the most I can. I'm trying to leverage. But at the end of the day, like I am going to trade him because I do think there is a non-zero chance that he doesn't play football anymore. And like, I might be happy for him if he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm, but to me, so yes, Jordan, I think you're correct in that he is going to, if he, if he does go somewhere and things do work out for him, then he's going to score a lot of points, but from a value perspective I don't expect him to like right now he's he's on DLF's ADP going as the wide receiver 20. I don't think he will ever come close to that ever again in terms of like startup he's 27 years old like you said, he's older than people think already so I I don't think I don't expect him to next offseason be anything close to the wide receiver I think you would be looking at him the same way you look at like Odell Beckham this last off off season, like something like that is more what I, which he was going to the wide receiver 35 or something like that. Like to me, he's all, his value is only going to go down. Whereas if I get a 2023 first, which would be like so great. If I could get that, that's only going to go up in value between now and then.
1: I specifically with that first talking about 2022, just because I'm not a fan of these receivers. That's like, I'm not like this class is all right, but I just don't think, any superstar. I don't think you're going to get anybody that if Calvin Ridley steps foot on the football field produces at the same level. I don't know if there's going to be a dependable Mm -hmm. day, day in day out starter for your fantasy teams from the late first at the receiver position specifically.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, either way, once again, bless up Calvin Ridley. That's its own thing. More power to you. I would love to see you on a football field. I'd love to see you doing whatever the fuck you want to do. As long as your life is happy. That's all that matters. Bingo. Another thing that didn't really go well was uh, the guy who uh, did throw him the ball for the first couple weeks and then continued to throw the ball, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, There's been a long track record of Matt Ryan not doing particularly well in the first year under a new system, but in the second year, bouncing back and finding a way to do better. Unfortunately, at least from my perspective, it's a little too late in his career for me to be like, okay, well, that year two bounce back is going to be enough for him to be like your single QB quarterback, because no. Dynasty Superflex, or even redraft Superflex—fucking Superflex in general. Well, he's a starting quarterback, presumably, in the National Football League, and he has a pulse. So, yeah, sure. But I don't know if I feel particularly great about it. Which is, I don't know, kind of it—it it shifts into looking forward because there's a non-zero chance they, you know, it, they could find a way to get themselves out from under having Matt Ryan as their quarterback, and then. I don't know the things I'm really curious about is how they continue to address the receiving position, uh, the receiver position around them. And then also it's another prime spot for running back kind of just like it was, we were talking last year, like, Oh, if they could draft one of these guys or whatever, there's part of me that's kind of curious whether or not they want to invest in a young running back right now, because the team is kind of in flux. Maybe they could just, you know, look to go the cheap veteran route again. My guy Ronald Jones would look pretty nice personally, but I don't know. Maybe that could be kind of cool, but like, oh my gosh. I it, like just from a philosophical standpoint, uh, Jordan, do you have any sort of feeling as to how they're going to address those positions or do we feel good about anybody besides Kyle Pitts is basically the question. <laughs> I mean, well, Russell Gage,
1: I think you can feel fine about. And like, like, yeah. I'm not really that uninterested in Matt Ryan and the, the reason is is because again obviously you mentioned the second year breakout but like I think if they add another piece to actually give you know Kyle Pitts a chance they don't, they don't have a ton of cap room so it's going to probably have to be through the draft they're going to have to yeah. find a receiver that's able to get the ball a little bit further down the field and give those red zone opportunities he can emulate what Hill was doing in Tennessee minus the rushing because Tannehill had 11 rushing touchdowns under Arthur Smith which is ridiculous to say the least. <laughs> like seven rushing they has had seven rushing touchdowns in the back-to-back years he had seven rushing touchdowns his first six years in the nfl but i i think you're looking at a quarterback that like in terms of matchup especially with our division you're gonna get some pretty weak games if we uh some of these teams blow it up because you we have no idea what the saints are doing and then on the other side with um sam Darnold and stuff he can always put us put you in a good position for matt ryan to put up some points but I think Matt Ryan's a fine player in Superflex. One QB leagues. He has no rushing upside, so I don't really care for him. And that's just really, really hard to sell. Unless you're six-point passing touchdown and, like, the Falcons do something fun like pick Traylon Burks. That's, <laughs> that's where
0: I'm at. <laughs> that could be fun. Oh, that could be fun. Uh, Traylon Burks, my personal wide receiver, one in the class. Big fan of the guy. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean... Yeah, and I guess like, you know, kind of to that point, it's really hard to look forward and say like, mm-hmm. okay, here are some key players that I kind of, you know, here's my general value on them because it's, it's Gage and it's Pitts. So, I mean, like Russell Gage, at least for me right now, kind of ballparking it, he's an intriguing wide receiver three-ish option that you could take kind of later in draft, see how that pops. But, you know, going back to something that, you know, has been said earlier, Kyle Pitts is the redraft and... And Dynasty, obviously, but but, Titan won, maybe in both formats. Yes, that's something that, like, personally in my home league, we got, like, a two-keeper system going on. You know, there's no round penalty. There's no nothing. I have, you know, a few names to throw out there. Alvin Kamara, Devontae Williams, and also Kyle Pitts on my team. I also have Devontae Adams. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But there is part of me that, you know, I'm picking between these four players. There's a case for many of them, but just based on, like, Roster build and certain factors like that, I don't think I'd be that insane if one of the two guys that I kept was Kyle Pitts because it could be such a positional advantage. I don't fucking know. I mean, just, oh my God. If anybody has any final thoughts on the Falcons, spit them out because the next team and last team we have to talk about, I have genuinely no idea what to do with it all. I'm good. Now-
2: Yeah, no, I I mean, I think the, um, like, if you just look at the Falcons numbers from last year, it's so bad, man, like their yards per attempt rushing was 30th in the league. Like I, I don't expect them to necessarily go out and get a running back, but you know, I don't think they'll get a, I don't think they'll draft one highly either because remember this regime came from the saints and the saints did not do that. They were really good at finding later guys. So I expect once they get to that point, they'll find some later running backs, um, but yeah, I just pulled up a mock draft that had your guy, um, Hamilton going to the Falcons and they need help everywhere. And that, if he's, yeah. if he's what you're saying, man, if he's Sean Taylor, you take him and it's, yeah. it's an easy pick.
0: Oh man. And you know, at least from the running back perspective, I mean, like there's a lot of big body type of dudes in this year's rookie class. So I mean, it could become kind of a scheme fit for him. Maybe we'll see which one of those guys hits. We'll check on that. Months from now, after the draft happens, but there's a team in the division that uh they did pretty well in the recent past. Um, there was a Super Bowl victory, there was a uh you know, a title defense run that got a little cut short. And uh, this guy, uh Thomas uh t- Tom mm, Tommy Tom the uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, yes, the Hello. quarterback. He's uh he's not going to play football anymore, probably. <laughs> uh probably. I assume he's not going to arm um, but hey, I mean, some of his quotes have been weird. Uh, they're losing the GOAT and a lot of free agents across the board. Chris Godwin, both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, several key members of just other parts of the team. And honestly, does tight end Rob Gronkowski want to keep playing without Tom Brady? I don't fucking know. So as we look back to what went well in 2021 for the Buccaneers, I don't know that it matters because the only leftover guy presumably – would be Mike Evans, and Mike Evans is perennially good, and you can pencil him in for a thousand yards. So sure, but what went poorly is nothing really, except for the circumstance that I don't know what the team's going to look like. So plainly, just skipping ahead to looking forward. <laughs> I mean, Cal, talk to me. What's happening? What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know.
2: I can tell you what's not going to happen. What's not going to happen is Jameis Winston is not going to be the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I've heard a lot of people say, and there's Bruce. I don't think people understand how much Bruce Arians hates Jameis Winston. Like, he like my favorite meme is where he is standing on the sidelines yelling at Jameis Winston saying like, stop throwing the ball to the other team. Like, <laughs> and he's a guy that, that has said like, no risk it, no biscuit. And even he was like, this is too much. I can't, I'm, I don't want this guy. Um, I, I think what I would love to see. I'd love to see Mitch Trubisky end up as the quarterback Ooh. in Tampa Bay. I think that could be really interesting. And he seems like the kind of guy that like within Arians, like, Look, he wrote a book called The Quarterback Whisperer Um, after he just spent a season with Brian Dayball. Maybe, maybe you could talk yourself into that. And, you know, like, who does he going to throw the ball to? I mean, yeah, Mike Evans is there. But also, they've been drafting some really interesting wide receivers here recently that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point.
0: Jalen Darden. One of those guys I really fuck with personally. And even in uh, the last episode of the the flagship version of the lateral show, we talked about some of those guys. I'm uh, a lateral threw out there that Scotty Miller is somebody that could be interesting for, you know, you dynasty folks out there. maybe like, I don't know, because depending on who the quarterback could be, that could be like a short area, you know, safety blanket. Who knows? I mean, like Tyler Johnson's another name, if I remember, I think that's, that's his God. name, formerly yeah. Minnesota receiver. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, do it. That could be pretty interesting, man. Like, oh gosh. Oh, so uh, not, not a Kyle Trask guy. We're not, uh, we're just going to assume that doesn't happen. No,
2: Because Arians <laughs> likes veteran quarterbacks. And I think like yeah. he, like the last time he had a veteran quarterback retire, like he retired too. So there's a non-zero yeah. that happens too.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen plenty of Bruce Arians in my life as uh, you know, the Steelers fan, you know, well-established in the history of the podcast, but either way I implicitly trust that guy in whatever the hell he wants to do. So, Jordan, what the what do you think this guy wants to do? What the hell does he want to do?
1: I mean, this this is a team that sold out for a Super Bowl. I, I personally, like, I would be tearing it down. Like, I I look at this team. You have Worfs, who's left tackle. Pencil in, that's our guy for left tackle. Don't really have to do anything ever with that guy because he's just phenomenal. Um, you had a lot of older guys on the offensive line that are free agents. I honestly would just, there's no reason to truly pay them what they're worth they're not coming back for a Super Bowl run. They're going to get a lot of money from like the Miami Dolphins, other teams in Florida. Um so let them walk. I I think with Mike Evans, I would be looking in the market to trade him. And it's nothing against Mike Evans personally. It's just I wouldn't want a player of that caliber to just waste his last years of being good on a team that's tearing it down. Like get him get him value, get him somewhere as a, you know, person who you guys brought in, paid play phenomenal for your team. Let him go continue chasing rings and continue chasing that. Um obviously like this roster is just it's got a lot of fun youth at the receiver position, but it's just it's really tough to sell. Like without Tom Brady, Fournette, the offensive line, Gronk probably, because he's not going to catch footballs from someone not named Tom Brady or Joe Burrow, I guess. But um I I look at this team and I'm like all right. Well, I mean, Bruce Arians, even like, I'm not sure why he's sticking around. Like, if I'm Bruce, I'm retiring, and you just promote Byron Leftwich to run the team. That's what I would be doing. And with how poor you're probably going to be next year because defense wasn't very good, it was very formidable with Sue and them because they're gone. You paid Vita Vea, so you got him there. I would be looking at the similar standpoint of the Panthers, where like, if you get CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, like, that is how you just start this team because you got the left tackle you got Vita Vay in the middle you got um devin white who will still be there at the time when you're relevant again yeah i would look for the future and just for now not not care too much about winning football <laughs> games
0: and you also have my extremely under the radar superstar pick of Keyshawn Vaughn to maybe be the hammer <laughs> in the running game. You know what I mean? Just like, oh my god, I stand by everything I said, but please don't. It, it, sarcasm, it, very very heavy in that one. I don't know. That could be fun, but oh, geez, I, and also kind of the subtext for people being like, oh, but well, what about the possibility they bring back Chris Godwin? Like, well, if you again subtext, if you're listening, you're kind of picking up on the fact. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they bring him back. Cause what's the point? You know, the whole thing, like we all agree, blow it up, nuke it, see what happens in the future. He'll sign somewhere else. Rehab from, you know, tearing his ligaments and his knee. It'll be perfectly fine. I don't even know if there's anybody worth. I
2: actually
0: actually disagree.
2: I don't think they're going to blow it up. And I think the fact that Arians hasn't retired, he's going to be 70 next season. Tells you they are not giving up, and like, remember, these are literally some of the most competitive people on the planet. Okay, like True. literally on the entire planet, the nine billion people or 8, whatever it is, these are some of the most competitive. Mm-hmm. So convincing somebody to blow it up is got to be someone's coming from like the general manager, or like the owner, or somebody who like, I don't know, somebody's convinced them that that's the best way to go. But when have we seen that work in the NFL? Really, like, really. Who does sure. who's done that point? Yeah, no,
1: that's true. I mean, I was speaking more new regime with left taking over. Well, the experience is staying. There's there's
2: no there is no chance they're getting rid of all these fighters. Right, no. And I think Chris Goblin, it makes sense for him to stay there. Like the transition in free agency to have to change doctors, change, you know, rehab, stuff like that. As oh, that's going true. that. I think it makes sense for him personally to stay there unless he gets blown away with another offer somewhere too. Right. Like I think the same thing with him and Gallup. I kind of think Gallup's going to do the same thing, but we'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, and you know, and that's the fun of doing this type of exercise in the month of February because you know, we have so much, we still have to dig through, you know, the NFL draft has not taken place yet. Free agency even before that has not taken place yet, but that's the beauty of the lateral division series. And we got episode two edition two out of the way already thank you so much for joining us listeners and also thank you to the guests for joining me so that we can talk about this stuff just in case somebody decided to you know take a nap immediately after hitting play uh let them know where they can find you on the internet what it is that you're up to we'll start with jordan what is well, up
1: jordan vanik dfs on twitter you can see all the stat threads that i'll be posting moving to season, so i'll be looking into certain data points and coming up with some unique stats to look through. Um, Not sure what the plans are, but right now, still with 4-4 and Osmo, we'll see what happens
0: in the near future. Cal, what's up? Tell the people. Tell the people.
2: (laughs) Well, first I just want to say, like, I remember the first time I um, ever became aware of Jordan at all was in a live chat watching some YouTube video. I don't remember which one, but I remember thinking, like, Man, this dude's sharp. And I promise you, you follow him, you're going to come away with the same conclusion. He's very sharp, knows what he's talking about, stats, you know, but just like DF, like he just, he's a smart football guy. Make sure you're following him. Uh, You can find me at Calvin and Hobby. Right here, um, and DLF. I tell you what, like, there's some cool things that I could talk about. Um, Taco Tuesdays, Ask DLF on Tuesday nights is really fun, where we just take like dynasty questions for an hour and a half or two hours. It's a lot of fun. But the dynasty refinery thing that uh, the interviews that I'm doing, we just released the third one with Adam Harstead. If you don't know who that is, he's kind of like, he hasn't done as much recently because he's kind of taken a little bit of a step back. He's brilliant. So much groundbreaking work in the fantasy football space. You need to look into his, like he will, if you, so just go to the LF the, the YouTube page and just watch the video that I did with him, dynasty refinery week three, it will like, you will learn something. I promise he will get you thinking about things in a way that you hadn't thought about them before. I promise. And it's been a lot of fun interviewing him. Uh, I had him, Matt Waldman and Addison, the lineup I've got coming up is really exciting and it's, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a blast over there.
0: It's pretty fucking dope, man. And like, honestly, just, you know, huge fans of like the work that you both do, all the stuff that you guys are up to, you know, just, it, it honestly, just so much wonderful knowledge. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I am on Twitter at Herms NFL.
2: Wait, Wait, wait. (laughs) <laughs> Herms is brilliant okay like it is, I know anybody watching this is already a fan of Herms you like Herms you are like maybe my favorite person in this whole space like I think you are so creative and unique and a voice that like people need to hear and you like share this video with other people so they get to know Herms because more people need to know and appreciate who you are
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> I
2: really mean that. Like, I, I don't, I'm not the way it just says that kind of stuff. Like, I really mean that. You know I mean that. Well, if people are
0: going to take your very kind <laughs> suggestion, you can do so by following me on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find my work here because you listen to this. You already know that The Lateral exists at The Lateral FF. I also do some fun editing work over there with the fine people at Fantasy Pros. FantasyPros.com They do their thing. Uh, also, uh, I'm allowed to say it because uh, I don't know, they're onboarding me as a pod, uh, podcast producer, so I'll be doing some of that work there too, doing some more of the audio engineering because I'm, I'm sure you figured out this podcast sounds fantastic, and also, uh, writing over at Football Absurdity, doing all that stuff. I mean, we'll see what happens with stuff in the future, but I don't know. The lateral show sideways like a fantasy football, the show is over. We'll see you next time for the other thing. I don't know, yeah, okay, yeah, see, there we go. cool calm and collected not frantic at all see that my friends that is honestly textbook follow the lateral on twitter at the lateral ff and be sure to follow herms on twitter at herms nfl